Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of Lunchtime Learnings. I'm honoured today to be in the company of Lucy Noonan from Atomic Consultancy, who has had years and years and years of experience in the property industry. Um, I know she doesn't look that old. That's what you always say, and you're right. Um, so who's had years of experience in the property industry, working some for some exceptional agencies and businesses and learning on the way. And Lucy's just set up a new consultancy, Atomic Consultancy, which is very exciting. And I'm very excited to say you had a fantastic January. It's incredible. Yeah. So, so well done, you. Lovely start. So before we come on to Atomic Consultancy and talk about what you're doing now and how you're going to help loads of people and make a difference in acquisition and what they need to do. So tell us a little bit about Lucy and how you got into property in the first place. Yeah, so thanks for having me on, Steve. It's great to see you as well. Like We've known each other for years, haven't we? <laughs> yes. so, and I think you're the legend of the industry. Uh, people keep calling, saying people are legends. And I think we're just all people that work hard and I think there's a lot of people that have been around a lot. So, yeah, I started um, off as a weekend negotiator when I was at, um, at college. Um, I worked for Hunters when they had just six offices. So I was doing the cricket tees for uh, Kevin Hollenrake at the time. And he said, do you want a job in Easingwold branch, this little office north of York? Um, and, yeah, I just I just loved it. Went off to uni. Um, and worked at Hunters for about three, four years, um, doing various, doing various roles. Um, and they opened their flagship office in Manchester, so it was their first office outside of Yorkshire. Um, and at the Gripold age of nineteen, they gave me a Hunters Mini, and I used to drive over to Manchester. In like, and bearing in mind I'm from a really rural village in York, they sent me and put me on Deansgate in Manchester, a multi-million pound apartment. I thought I'd made it. Like it was just brilliant. Um, and so, yeah, I got the bug. Um, I dropped out of uni in my third year and my last semester, much to the disgust of my parents. Um, but basically there was um, the Countrywide used to run called a management development programme. And it used to be like the creme de la creme. If you could get onto that programme, um, it was brilliant. And it was like I was actually talking to Ian Preston, who at the time was the area director now of Preston and Baker. But he was my area director at Countrywide. And I was saying, do you remember the recruitment day that we had in Harrogate? And it was like there was about 100 people in this room and they did all these different um, like competency based tests and things. And then they split the room in half and then half the room got told it was like the X Factor. I genuinely <laughs> thought I won the lottery. Um, I had to have three interviews. I look back now, I think I was on a nine grand basic. Um, I mean, the commissions were great, but, you know, it was that 10 MAs, two, you know, two FS appointments, uh, sorry, two, 10 viewings, two valuations, two FS, and you had to constantly hit that to stay on this management development programme. But it gave me such a good grounding. Um, and then at the age of 21, I had my first branch. Um, so I was a branch manager. So I was at Countrywide for a few years. Um, and then went to work um, various different roles. Um, I was embarrassingly, someone came up to me at the EA Masters last year and said, you're the girl on the back of the bus. Um, and I used to work for an independent agent called Smiles All Round Estate Agents. Yes, that was the name, Smiles All Round. Um, 
And um, yeah, so went into letting. So I was the let the, I'd predominantly just an estate agency up till that point. Um, so then went into lettings um, and uh, grew their lettings portfolio. Um, and then, yeah, just uh, where we met was I was the operations director at Belvoir um, and launched a state agency as a product offering there. So um, got franchising and then LSL for five years um, working in acquisitions. So that's where kind of in the last six, seven years, that's where kind of I really found my niche and something that I was really passionate about. Um, so I've done acquisitions for Your Move, Reed's Reigns, and then LSLI with Greg Young and Martian Parsons and Intercounty, et cetera. Um, and then had an amazing opportunity um, with, so I got made redundant from LSL. Um, and then three weeks later, um, John Cook and Josh Rayner, and again, everyone knows everybody. And so I got an amazing opportunity to go and work with Will Lindley. Um, as their head of acquisitions for the Lohman Group. And I was the very first employee on the new merger of the Lohman Group. So Lohman and obviously Lindley and Simpson merged um, on the 1st of December, I think it was. And I was their very first kind of new employee. So yeah, last year we did uh, 21 acquisitions. Wow. Um, and it was just brilliant. I just, it was, you know, I, I've got a huge amount of respect for Will um, and the team at Lohman. They're, you know, great, great group of people. Um, but I've always had a passion um, in acquisitions to help independent agents to grow via acquisition. Because I've now worked for two of the biggest buyers, I kind of understand how buyers approach an acquisition. Um, and a big part of my role is helping the sellers through that process. Um, so I don't I didn't want to just be seen as a traditional broker because um, there's some you know good ones out there, but also wanted to help people through the, the whole journey. Um, and I think I'd seen quite a lot of people um, launch their own, you know, uh, like like yourself. There's lots of other people that have, have launched recently. And I just thought, if I don't do it now, I'm going to regret it. Um, so, yeah, it was a massive um, step. Uh, I was, you know, some people thought I was absolutely mad because what Loman, you know, we were doing so many. And I was just like, no, I want to do it the Noonan way. Um, and, and touch wood. Um, it's going really well, you know, the month of January, we've just we've just completed on three acquisitions. I can't obviously um, say who they are because it's not been announced yet, but um, two of the my clients have never done an acquisition before. And that's where I get really passionate because I was really able to help them through that process. Um, and also working for a big corporate, you've not I've not been able to do other things that I'm passionate about. So I'm really passionate about helping women in a state agency. Um, I'm, I'm absolutely, you know, very passionate about agents together. And I was wanting to give some of my time to things that I'm most passionate about as well. Um, so obviously launching on my own, I don't have to ask someone, is it OK for me to come and have a 45 minute chat with Stephen Brown? I can just do it now. <laughs> you know, I can go and meet someone for a coffee. Not that I do. I did think this amazing world would be I'd have a really great quality of life. And I think I've never worked so hard in all my life. I am knackered. <laughs> but it's my choice. You know, and I'm really enjoying it. But I think I was a bit naive when I launched in October because obviously all the companies I've worked for, they have a marketing department. They have an accounts department. You know, I had a project team. And now all of a sudden I've got to do my own invoices and I've got to, you know, do my own marketing and I've got to do, 
And I, I was just like, oh, I'm just going to do acquisitions. Um, so, yeah, I was talking to uh, Matt Giggs about it last week and I was just like totally forgotten that you actually have to undo everything. Um, so, yeah, that's probably one of my top tips is if you are going to launch, just remember you've got to do everything, <laughs> not just the bit you enjoy. <laughs> that is very true. Right. Amazing. So thank you for sharing all of that. There is so much there to unpack. So I'm going to take you back to the beginning because we've got people on here that are watching that maybe just getting into a state agency or just starting lettings. We've got some who obviously are very experienced, um, some maybe branch managers, some are business owners. So you've got a real mix to help loads of different people today, which is going to be absolutely fascinating. So thank you for sharing that. Congratulations on your three acquisitions in January. What a fantastic start to a new business. It's brilliant. So let's go back to Hunters and Countrywide. And I know you said Countrywide, they had amazing training. So what stood out? What lessons did you learn from coming into the industry um, that really, really helped you, that has helped you get to where you are today? It's interesting, actually, because um, Agents Together had asked me to do a, 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 a video the other day as well about, um, you know, managing your time and, and things. And I think starting off early in my career, I had really good foundations. Um, so I think the training that I was given, um, particularly at Countrywide, um, was, you know, phenomenal. Uh, you know, it was the basics. And um uh, there was a thing called, I don't know if you remember, it was called an NPO, a negotiator's personal organiser. It was lit. We didn't have computers on our desks. We had a hot box. You were only allowed to have 10 hot buyers in your box at any one time. And literally, my branch manager would sit there and he'd chuck the cards out if I wasn't. And I, and I got, I was, it was a true estate agency, like back in the day where you were constantly ringing, you know, or doing previewings. Like I spoke to an agent the other day and they didn't even know what that was. And I was like, that was a standard thing at Countrywide. If a valuer was going out to do an MA, we had to get four viewings ready so that that valuer could sit in front of that person and say, look, I've got these four people that can view your house in 48 hours. And that helped the instruction. Um, so, you know, it was it. it it was really intense, but you know what? I, I look back at my countrywide days and just absolutely loved it. We worked hard, but we played hard. Gosh, the amount. I mean, I, we were like, we'd finish work at like seven, go out. I'd be home at may, maybe after midnight. And we'd be back <laughs> in the office again at 8 a.m. Back on it. Sausage roll from, from uh, Thomas the Baker. And we were back, back selling houses. It was brilliant. You know, it was just... You know, I bought my first house um, at 21 um, with a friend also that worked at Countrywide. I mean, I'd never get it now because obviously we just they took all of our commission into account. But yeah, it was a. I think for me, it was I'm quite a competitive person naturally. So a state agency just really fitted me well. You know, if that phone rang, everybody was like grabbing the phone because it could have been a valuation and we've got a target to me ringing the bell you know it was just if you sold a house you know it was it was just a really great time but the training that we had it was um you know very regimented and i think sometimes you know the customer service side of things as well um we were always focused on the the sales element so i think 
from learning and having that corporate structure initially, that did then help me when I went into independent agents and other parts of my career, because that gave me the foundation. But then actually that human side, I think as well, sometimes could get missed. Um, and I, and, I, and I, I, I identified with that quite a bit. Okay, so I like the smile on the back of a bus. Um, <laughs> so being a being a letting agent, well, in fact, in fact, I want to come back actually. So you were branch manager when you were twenty one. So managing people that were potentially older than you, what lessons did you learn there? Yeah. So interestingly, a lot of the people that I've recruited over the years have always been older than me. Um, and I think for me, it's not about age or gender or um, it's about what who's right for that role um, and creating a team and fostering a team where everybody's skill set complements each other. Then it, it, it you, you know, you create you can create a really great, um, you know, ethos and, and, and create a great team. But yeah, you know, most of the people that were working for me at that time were older than me. Um, and I did struggle when I was 21. Like I do look back now and I think I probably rocked up with a bit of a chip on my shoulder. You know, yeah, you've got to go and out canvassing in the rain, you know, regardless, because, you know, I'm the branch manager. Um, but, you know, it, it's I've, I've learned now through the years that um, I don't particularly enjoy managing people, if I'm totally honest, even. It's not something that um, now, obviously, working in acquisitions and when I was uh, the teams of acquisitions is very different because we're project managers and there's accountants and lots of different things. And to me, my management style is very much we're a team. Um, so I'm not really kind of an autocratic, like you've got to deliver these results to, to hit the, the thing. It's more about how as a team can we approach this and get the best, you know, get the best result for everybody. Um, so, but yeah, it's, um, I think managing teams, at a young age, um, I struggled with, but I've never really looked at someone and thought, oh, they're older than me, or probably more, I'd see it in a gender perspective rather than an age perspective. So I'd actually be more, not um, threatens probably the wrong word, but I would be more nervous about going into a room where someone was a senior woman rather than a senior man. Um, because at that point, there was no scene, there was hardly any senior so actually that I actually found it was really a nerve wracking. And I was in awe of these women that, you know, were, were at the top of their game. Um, I find that more challenging, actually, than um, the age difference. Um, I think, you know, now it, there is a lot more more women, you know, coming through the ranks that have, have got that experience. But age for me was, you know, I think you can you can be an 18 year old brilliant manager or you can be a 60 year old, terrible manager. You know, I think it's the skills and the way that you approach it that affects that. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So let's talk about women in property then, which you're very passionate about that I can tell. Um, so there are quite a few groups now that have popped up um, with women in property that are helping each other. So for um, people that are watching this, women in property, how do they find out about it? What are you talking about? I dread to, I dread to ask that question. But what, what are you talking about? Why do you think there is, you know, not enough women in senior positions? 
um, and what can people do and people to change it and get involved? Um, yeah, so I think I think for me, I don't. I, I think that, that there is some groups coming up, and there is you know there, there is this debate around more females in the industry, more women in, in prominent positions. But for me, I'm, I'm and this is my personal opinion is I just don't want to say that we're women in a state agency. You know, we're just professionals in the industry and kind of changing the whole gender conversation that there's not enough women on the panel well it's the right professional people on that panel because sometimes a role will be right for a male and it's not about um, the, the male perspective or the female perspective but i do think females and women we you know we approach things in a different way you know we've got a di you know a different way of of managing pressure and 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 and, and you know I, I personally think we're very good at problem solving because you know just this morning, I've got to drop my daughter off. I've got a conference call 15 minutes later. My mother-in-law's coming for dinner. You know, there's all these things that you've got to juggle as well as trying to, you know, broker some acquisitions today. <laughs> so, you know, I think we are, um, you know, we are, and we are really, you know, women, we, we do juggle a lot. Um, but there's a brilliant Facebook group. Um, so any women that are watching, um, and you can only be a woman to join. So sorry, Stephen. Chris Watkin has also asked if you could join. I'm like, mm, you're not a woman. But it's women in a state agency. I think there's about 900 members now on the group. And it's a brilliant, safe place where women can just ask questions. So there's loads of referrals of business, um, how to do things. Um, and we talk about things as well that is challenging for us. So pregnancy and working through that, you know, menopause. There was something on that last week. Um, you know, and these these are subjects that are specific to women. You know, I, I when I was pregnant, I was at Belvoir and, you know, navigating that and, you know, in a very kind of, you know, traditional organisation. Um, and, you know, a lot of us are going through that. So having that support network um, is, you know, it, it, it is, is great. And there's some brilliant people in, uh, part of that group, you know, and I think, I think sometimes we see a lot of male MDs and a lot of male senior positions, but there's actually loads of, you know, Helen Book, she's the CEO of a state agency at LSL, you know, Glynis Frew, MD of Hunters, Ellie Hall, one of my friends, MD of, you know, Martin & Co. You know, there's there's low Philippa Leggett, there's so many amazing senior women that, um, so I don't think that actually we, there is some great people, but I think sometimes they're not asked or um, as not as vocal, maybe. But I'm really proud to be in this industry. Um, and 20 years ago, there wasn't the women at those kind of levels. I think it's totally changed. Um, you know, I, I, I can, you know, pick up the phone to some senior people in the industry, both male and both female, and be treated with the respect now. Whereas I think 20 years ago, that wouldn't have been the case. So I do think we've come we've come a massive way. Brilliant, thank you for that. So I know you are incredibly passionate about Agents Together, and you do the most you are the most incredible ambassador. Um, and I, for one, are incredibly grateful for your involvement as a mentor and for being an incredible ambassador and what you do. So thank you so much. What made you get involved um, in becoming a mentor? And how do you think it's helping the mentees um, as well? Um, 
So I'm going to be, it's, it's quite a personal reason actually of why I initially decided to, well, I found out about Agents Together. So um, I, I became involved about a year ago. Um, and when I said I was, I was at Countrywide, I met my best friend at Countrywide, a girl called Alana Roberts. We were both negotiators. Um, and unfortunately, um, just over a year ago, um, she um, lost her fight uh, through mental health. Um, so she was my maid of honour, godmother to my daughter. You would look at her um, and, you know, she got everything together. You know, she was, you know, had her own house, brilliant car, great job. But she really suffered with her mental health. Um, and um, it was a massive, massive shock. And, and it's still even, um, you know, today it's only it's still only a year ago. And it's been a very difficult thing for me and my family and friends and people in the industry that knew her as well and um, to go through that. Um, and then um, my brother's best friend as well, a guy called Charlie Lancaster, a great estate agency in York called Lancaster and Sam's. Fortunately, Charlie, same age as me, 37 as well, unfortunately lost his fight to mental health. So in the space of 18 months, I lost two really close people to me, both similar ages, both really professional um, and both in the estate agency sector. Um, and I genuinely was like, you know, there wasn't the, an outlet, there wasn't a support or there wasn't someone to mentor or to help to have that conversation with. So when I saw agents together, I was like, I feel like this is my time to not just give something back, but also I need to have to be mentored and I need to, I would have never have launched Atomic Consultancy in October if it wasn't for agents together and that's 100 percent true because my mentor really challenged me and said to me what is it that you really want to achieve in life what are your aspirations and taking that time that you know out i mean i ended up with well, they're still my mentor now you know over a year on which is great you know that they're giving up their time um but i also wanted to help people that were younger or were struggling as well to just have that outlet to just speak to somebody that didn't I didn't know their company or their dynamics but just being able to say you know look I've been in your situation and I know how you feel and have you thought about it this way you know I'm not a professional coach or anything but um just being able to I think not just give back but also help the industry and help the 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 young people coming through and, and the old generation regardless of where you are in you know in your career um but for me agents together I genuinely think that if this had been around, you know, five, six years ago, I think, you know, would my friends still be here? I don't know. But, you know, having that outlet and that support, I think, in Agents Together is just is is phenomenal. And it'll always be something to me now that um, I'm passionate about and I will want to always dedicate quite a lot of my time to because I don't want it to happen to other people. Um, and I think there's some great people that are coming together with Agents Together to help to support the industry um, and make it a better place. Thank you. And thank you for sharing your really personal story. So, yeah, sorry, it is. Um, and I get a bit like, oh, when I say it, because it, it it's hard to talk about, you know. It's, you know really hard. it's almost a year anniversary of Sam's passing, so it doesn't take a lot for me to shed tears. And I'm also and I'm, I'm almost in tears now. Um, by listening to to your story, but um, it's so. hard, you know, to go to your best friend's funeral at thirty seven. To know that as well, she took a life was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. 
Um, and I have to say, when I was at the Lohman Group, they were brilliant support to me. But do you know what, Stephen? It was hard. And I think sometimes people um, see people like us and someone said, there's something that said today, oh, you're a legend. Not a legend at all. I've just worked hard and I want to be nice in the industry and I want to care. You know, I don't want to be this type of person that just ignores people. I remember that myself going into meetings and I think there's a real opportunity um, to help the industry um, and for us to not have this stigma that we're, you know, tanned, pinstriped suit people that don't don't care about people. Because actually there's a lot of people in the industry that isn't like that. And we're wanting to change perception. But, you know, it's hard being an estate agent or anything in the estate agency industry. You know, if you've not hit your targets, it can be demoralising, demotivating, especially if you, you know, you're remunerated by money and you've got money problems. You know, it is a hard industry to work in, you know, and mental health, I think, we have this badge of mental health, but everybody struggles with mental health. You know, it's not the, just the strongest people, you know, or the weakest people that, that struggle or the high achievers. Everybody will struggle from time to time with feeling low, with having anxiety, with feeling like they're not good enough, you know, anxious about going and doing training, like you said just before. You know, we're all... You know, we've all, and I, I, people think mental health, or you know, but we all we all suffer from it in some shape or form, um, and that's what agents together is for me. I think is being able to help have an outlet to people to say, yeah, do you know what? Sometimes I'm really anxious before I go in and do that valuation, and someone to go, really, you are, and it's like, yeah, we all we all suffer from it. We just sometimes have coped it better coping mechanisms or hide it better <laughs> spot on and i think it's incredible i think um there's over 250 mentors that are giving up their time there's over 450 odd mentees that have been helped there's been over 14,000 hours of people's time that's been given up to help people there's loads of incredible resources on the um, agents together website there to help people um so please you know if you're watching this if you're listening to this if you know somebody that um is suffering in silence point them to agents together um because we all want to help we all want to make a difference we don't want people to suffer and you know i know i've had a counsel over last year just by talking to people it makes a massive 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 difference it's a real help so please don't suffer in silence speak to speak to people because we're all here to help you. Um, so whatever it is, um, you know, it may be a little thing to 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 you, um, but it doesn't matter, you know, how little it is. Please, you know, pick up the phone. We're here to help. We're here to make a difference. Um, and, you know, the founder members and all the mentees do, and, and the trustees do a wonderful, wonderful job. It's incredible. So thank you for all of that. Let's talk about acquisitions. So um, you made a really interesting point before. And I just want to come back before I talk about acquisitions. You said um, I've had to learn that I've got to do everything by myself and I've got to market myself and whatever. And actually, <laughs> personal brand is really, really important. So um, what have you done to get your personal brand out there, to market yourself, to get yourself known into, you know, which obviously you, you've, 
you said, you know, there's some big players in this, you know, yeah. but you look like you're already a household name and everybody knows it because oh, your marketing <laughs> because your because your marketing's been excellent. So, you know, I see you absolutely everywhere. Um, you're talking at events, you're going on stages, you know, which is absolutely brilliant. You're putting yourself out there. So for a lot of people, and you mentioned that before actually, a lot of people feel very uncomfortable doing things that are, you know, quite unnatural like going on video doing webinars speaking in front of 200 people so um how do you how do you get out of that comfort zone and how and feel uncomfortable and what can, what advice can you give people who you know again there's going to be people who are self-employed or thinking about going down that model to get their message out there so i think um when I I think it was the last time I saw you actually wasn't it? it was at Fiacon and I was asked to present um and I honestly don't think I had ever been more nervous the last time I think I was that nervous was on the day of my wedding which was nearly 10 years ago I was stood in the break with a cup of tea and the tea was pouring out the top <laughs> I had to put the tea down I it was totally out of my comfort zone and I think I was more nervous, not about speaking in front of everybody. I was more nervous that what I was trying, what I'm tr trying to do something a bit different um, in the acquisition space. And you know, I was thinking, what if everybody thinks this is a really bad idea? I've just like walked away from an amazing job. And I think it was that concern of, am I doing the right thing? Um, but I think my business coach had prepped for it and I, you know I've done a few training courses now through with property mark so it's starting to I'm starting to get a little it's starting to be a little bit easy but it's still nerve-wracking you know even coming on today it's like oh god um but my 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 mentor just said to me you just need to be you and be yourself so if you do come across as a bit emotional or you do say things and you're a bit talk too fast that's Lucy Noonan and you know people are either love you or they won't and you know and I think one thing that I definitely wasn't in my early career um was um myself um and I'm truly myself now so you know the reason why I call atomic consultancy atomic consultancy is because at the end of every acquisition I go boom and that was why, not because of Atomic Kitten, like, because that's what a lot of people like to think of it was. It's not about that at all. Um, so, sorry, can you hear my dog? Yeah, that's fine. Mine will be joining in soon. So we have a nice doggy sing-along. So it's literally probably like my gusto delivery or something. <laughs> she just that's right. right. You, you, know, you know it's for real. It's live. These <laughs> things happen. Uh, she'll stop in a minute. But yeah, I think um, one of the things that um, I've definitely um, been more of um, since joining Lomond and and launching Atomic is I'm me. So, um, you know, my biggest thing is helping people through the acquisition process um, and also supporting, um, you know, everybody. And, and I think I've just genuinely been authentic to myself um, and... And I think that's that's helped to create my brand, as it were. Okay, brilliant. Thank you. So let's talk about booming, not booming. Booming. No, booming. That's that's that, that's the Bruce Brothers. 
I mean, I'd be brilliant if my business would be worth that much, but it's not yet. But maybe, maybe one day. <laughs> but no, Atomic. So Atomic, let's talk about Atomic and all those booms at the end of a month that's going to keep on happening and happening for you. So I'm a seller. Okay, what tips would you give me to get myself um, sale ready in order to sell my business? Good question. So I think um, one of the main things that I think sellers um, don't get ready is their accounts. So I know that sounds like a really simple thing, but actually having all, you know, where your income's coming from. So, you know, not just saying, all oh, my turnover is 150,000 because as a buyer, they're going to want to know how that 150,000 is made up. So is it three managed, fully managed? Is it let only, rent collect? Do you have insurance products in there? So really actually looking at what where your income is and being able to easily present that because through the due diligence process and even through an offer, even through the offer stage, if you don't know the key numbers in your business and you know you need to know how much it's worth before you go out to, to sell. Um, and I think probably another key tip that, um, I mean, I, I support sellers to help do this, but they can do it themselves is do, do some reverse due diligence on your own business as well. So, you know, there's some great companies out there that can go and do health checks. You know, make sure that you are compliant. Um, make sure that you've got your terms of business and your agency agreements all set up. Because actually doing it now, just A, you might get a bit more, more for it because it's a really nice wrapped up business. Um, but also if there are any, you know, red herrings or issues that you're not, for example, doing the right AML checks, as an example, you can rectify that. So you're not going to have to stand behind extra indemnities and things. So I do think having a getting new accounts in order, doing a health check and then probably and that my last top tip would be looking at all of the costs that are associated with your business. Um, and that's not just your supplier contracts and your lease and your fleet, but look at your staff costs as well. So I think of some of the businesses that I'm, I'm currently um, working on through acquisition is because um, staff costs now are, are getting are higher. So it's, it's difficult to recruit really good um, staff. Um, so that, but then if you've got, you know, 70% of your turnover, 70% of your cost is made up of staff, that's quite a concern. So you, you really need to look at all of your costs and see actually how can I operate, you know, effectively, but on a minimum basis, because if you're selling it as what's called a share purchase, a buyer has to take all of that cost on. So if there's a lot in there that will affect the price that, you know, a buyer will pay. Okay. And is it just share purchases that people are doing or are they paying up front? Do they pay um, here's some money now, money later? Do they keep the business owners on or they're all? So there's loads of different ways. So the two main, two main ways of an acquisition is either they buy as an asset um, or you can sell as a share purchase. Um, the, the two, so every buyer would love an asset because an asset basically is they're just buying the portfolio and leaving all pre, um, previous um, any risk and contracts and et cetera behind. Um, so that it literally is that and the staff, whereas a share purchase, they're buying warts and all, all previous liabilities, contracts, et cetera. 
So every buyer wants to buy an asset, but every seller, pretty much the majority of the time, wants to sell as a share. Brilliant, isn't it, my job? Um, but um, the reason why um, business sellers want to sell as a share is um, on an asset, there can potentially be um, double tax implications. So it can cost you a lot more. Um, there are some creative ways, though, that you can that you can do that. So I've got assets and shares currently that I'm working on, uh, but there's management buyouts as well. So you know there can be lots of different ways to to exit. Um, you know, and you know there's there's businesses that you know are equity funded to to then grow via acquisition. So you know I'm helping to support one of those. So there's lots of different different ways to either grow via acquisition or to to exit. Um, but I think making sure that you've got, you know, a good team around you that knows what the best, what the options are available to you and, and structure that in the right way. But like you say, on most acquisitions, you wouldn't get 100% of the purchase price at completion. There's normally what's called a deferred element. Um, so the buyer will retain some of the percentage of that for a period of time to make sure that what they've bought, the income's there. Um, and that can be over a six, 12, three year period. It really depends on the size. Um, I try and keep things simple. Um, but, you know, the larger the acquisition, the, the more complexities that, you know, they can be. OK, so I'm going to ask you to give your contact details in a bit, because I think anybody who's looking at the acquisition side, whether it's buying or selling, you definitely need a professional to help you. And Lucy is definitely a professional and trusted advisor. But before I come and ask you that, um, your self-learning and your self-development, um, what do you do to learn? Have you got any um, podcasts that you listen to that you would recommend to every, anybody watching or listening or any books that will um, make a difference for people's self-development, please? Yeah, so um, I listen to what's called Acquisition Strategies, a podcast. It's based in a, in Chicago. Um, I, I know it sounds so, but they're hilarious. Um, but they like buy like multi-million pound businesses. So very much the industry that I'm in and I've always been in is this industry. But actually learning about acquisitions in different sectors has been really good for my development. Um, and so, yeah, if, if anyone's really excited about wanting to understand about more about acquisitions, go and speak to the guy, watch this podcast. Um, I always, I also watch, I think a lot of people, the diaries of the CEO. Um, I, Stephen Bartlett. I, I was watch, listening to um, the lady that um, is from Anne Summers the other day. I don't know if you've watched that one, listened to that one. This woman's been like shot at, like it, it's just, but an amazing entrepreneurial woman. You know, she basically started to do, initially did like um, Tupperware, but underwear in London. And Anne Summers is now this multi-billion pound business. It, you know, she's, she came out of school with no qualifications. So that is a brilliant, brilliant podcast. And there's loads of people on there that I've listened to, like the Moonpig founder and all sorts of things um so yeah that's that's also really good to put on i think on on in the car um and then my 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 personal other development is i have a business coach so i don't just have a mentor i also have an L, nlp coach um that i meet with fortnightly uh, virtually um so i found that's 
been a, it's an essential part of my investment now is is having a business coach I, I never really kind of um saw the benefits to that um and I also go and see a therapist once a month she's a hypnotherapist um okay. so um I've been to go and see her now for the last three four years and I think I started to, to go and see her because um I was really struggling with balancing and work juggling everything and I was I was feeling I was getting burnt out because um, I had a little girl, you know, she was only one or two years old. And then I've got this job. And um, yeah, I, I was finding it really difficult to sleep. I, could, I couldn't switch off. Um, so working with um, this therapist, initially, I was like, I'm not telling anybody that I go to a therapist because it sounds like I'm a failure. But do you know what? It's brilliant. I now go in every month and I literally just lie there because I know that she's going to hypnotize me and I'm going to have the best 45 minutes and come out feeling really rejuvenated and motivated and I have the best night's sleep if I could afford her every week I would but I can't <laughs> but yeah hypnotherapy and I, I never ever uh, they I always said the first time I had it I said you won't be able to hypnotize me and I literally was like you won't hypnotize me you won't hypnotize me and then I woke up and I was like oh so is that five minutes she was like no it's 40 minutes it's incredible <laughs> incredible um so yeah so that's how i in terms of investment is that i do i really do value now people that can support you via therapy coaching mentoring it, it, it's i think in the last three four years i've really got it and whereas before i thought it, by having a getting help was you were seen as a negative and actually it's the complete opposite i'm really proud that i've got all of these people to help support me to be the version that i am today i've still got a long way to go but you know nobody's perfect and everybody can can you know improve um and i'm an overthinker so having someone to help me think <laughs> in a more strategic and logical way has been brilliant for me really good brilliant thank you for sharing all of those so how do people get hold of you lucy well linkedin's easy i'm on linkedin all the time um which everyone says so yeah you can um, connect with me on linkedin and send me a message um or my email is lucy at atomicconsultancy.com um or you can call me on my mobile um i have got a landline but i don't really use it because it still rings through to my mobile so but apparently it looks good if you've got a landline I was told so yeah i don't know my online but my mobile's oh triple seven five four three seven six nine seven well look thanks very much for being a wonderful guest i'm really grateful of your time because i know you're running in between meetings so thank you so much um thank you everybody for watching and listening please if you enjoy it like it share it rate it on Thursday, I'm going to be joined by Jim Parker from Five Properties in Scotland, which is actually pre-recorded. So if you expect comments on Thursday, um, you're not going to get any replies. Um, but that was a great conversation we had um, and is one well worth tuning into. So thanks very much, everybody. Have a good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening. Whenever you're watching and listening. And Lucy, thank you for being a wonderful guest. Bye. Bye. all.